I'm just a boy, wayfaring stranger, traveling Father, God of living water, bread of life, we are thirsty for more of you, for more of your word. We are hungry for your presence. We know how true it is that only you can fill our deepest needs. Only you can fill the deep hunger in our souls. You quench our thirsty souls. You enable our voices to sing our praises, our praises for you. We ask that you fill our emptiness, that our lives may show your love. We hunger for your bread. We thirst for your water. And on this Sabbath afternoon, we bow before you. And we thank you for an oasis right here in your presence where anyone may come and receive living water. Flow in us and through us this hour and every hour we pray. In the name of Jesus, who loved us beyond measure and taught us these words to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
Well, you may not be surprised that today's message has a lot to do with what I've been experiencing over the last few days. It was just this week, it was Sunday when I was at the uh, memorial service of my sister and its husband, Jim, in Reno. And while I was there, I was reminded how important it is to allow allow our faith to become the source of victory in our lives. And that faith is pleasing to God. I was reminded that we become followers of Jesus by faith alone. And I was also reminded that as followers of Jesus, God expects us to live our lives by faith alone. It's just not that one event in our lives when we invite Christ to be our Savior, but we are instructed to live our lives by faith. Jim's memorial service was a wonderful time. We celebrated his life, the life of a friend, life of a brother in Christ. I was challenged by the many stories I heard about Jim checking up on people who might need a little help. Did they need a ride? Were they feeling okay? Did they need something to eat? Jim didn't have a lot, but he pressed on living by faith that he could help someone experience God's compassion through his acts of kindness. I didn't know this about Jim, how much he lived his faith by being involved in his community. Jim yielded himself to serve in the kingdom. He consciously chose to abandon himself, to yield himself in a manner that would be pleasing to God. He wanted to be an example of a good servant. In so doing, he taught others, encouraged others to live a life committed to Jesus. He taught others through his actions that leadership is more than talk. Leadership is also seen by what we do. We are servants, we are coaches, and we are teachers of God's word, and we are salt and light to the world around us as we live our lives by faith. Another time in history, almost 2,000 years ago, an apostle wrote a letter from prison in Rome, circa A.D. 67. From prison, the Apostle Paul dictated his second letter to Timothy. Paul knew that he was potentially headed to execution. Yet his mind was on the future of the Christian movement. He was particularly concerned about Timothy, his co-worker in the faith, who was the leader he had left in charge of the church at Ephesus, a city known for its ostentatious, pompous conduct. Pagan worship in the temple of Diana dominated the city. The silversmiths were making a lot of money by manufacturing idols. The city was controlled by secularism, total godlessness, 
Ephesus was not an easy place to be a Christian, especially if you were the leader of the church. Timothy had become a, fo a follower of Jesus when Paul visited his hometown of Lystra during his first missionary journey. Young Timothy was encouraged in his spiritual growth by his grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice, both of whom had become followers of Jesus during Paul's ministry during his first missionary trip. It was during his second mi missionary trip or journey that Paul enlisted Timothy to be a member of his missionary team. And they moved around Galatia, Macedonia, Greece, and the province of Asia, which is now pretty much the Turkey area, Greece, Turkey, that whole area, Macedonia. And then eventually, Timothy was left in charge of the church at Ephesus. And several years had passed when Paul noticed a loss of passion in Timothy. But even so, Paul could see within Timothy some smoldering embers of spiritual passion that could again be stirred and billowed into a fresh blaze. This is what Tim, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy in chapter 1, verses, verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The gift Paul spoke of was the gift of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist predicted that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And when Paul laid hands on Timothy and prayed for him, Timothy, a young man, a young leader, was set aflame with passion for Jesus, love for people, courage for leadership. And then fellowship with Paul, Silas, and Luke, Luke on that missionary journey kept his passion blazing as they traveled together around the province of Asia. They were encouraged by the fellowship they had with one another. But now, a few years later, Timothy found himself to be a lonely leader in Ephesus. And his passion needed to be rekindled. We have a hint of what may have caused this dampening of the flame in Timothy's heart in verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear, as used here, means timidity or caution, even cowardice, afraid to speak up your faith. This kind of fear limits us. Not only does it prevent us from attempting things that we are sure we, we cannot accomplish and we think we can't accomplish, but it smothers our passion. Our souls get smothered by negative te teaching. Our souls get quenched by feelings of inadequacy. And instead of being intrepid, bold, we become inept, bound up in ourselves. 
We try to meet life's expectations using our own limited resources. And we neglect the fuel of the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not a Pentecostal. I'm a Baptist who believes strongly in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I'm not a Baptocostal. <laughs> Term I've heard. <laughs> no. But I believe we should not neglect the fuel of the Holy Spirit. Our passion for Jesus dies sometimes because of life's demands. But there is always a red ember within us waiting to catch the power of God's Spirit to be billowed again into a blaze of passion. We know life has a way of getting in the way, dampening our excitement, our, our enthusiasm for living even. We burn out. Our energy is zapped. Our resources are depleted. Our hopes are de depressed. People pressures pull us down. Problems pile up. Worries and anxiety pour cold water on our previously blazing souls. That's what, that's what Timothy was experiencing. Neglect, resistance, quench the Holy Spirit in. And then we, when, our Holy, when we quench the Holy Spirit within, we limit what we can accomplish. So Paul urged Timothy to stir up the gift of God which was within him. To stir it up. The spirit of fear is the direct opposite of confidence. Excessive concern, excessive caution can bring a spirit of fear, a lack of confidence. These concerns and cautions, they can make us fearful of approval. The spirit of fear can straight jacket us. It can straight jacket your, create, your creativity to be a better servant in this kingdom. And, your, and a spirit of fear will lock you into a feeling of inadequacy. I can't do it. I, we don't want to hear that feeling from the brethren. I can't do it. Got a question. Have you ever stubbed your toe standing still? No, you can't stub your toe standing still because you're not moving. And the faster you go, the more chance there is of stubbing your toe. That's the way it works. And by moving, you have a much greater chance of going somewhere and doing something. So why don't more of us go out on a limb? After all, that's where, the fruit of the, that's where the fruit is. It's out on the limb. That's where the fruit of the Spirit are. Out on the limb. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These fruits are given by God's Holy Spirit within the pressures of life. You will never become spiritual 
by sitting down and wishing to become spiritual. You, get, you become spiritual by giving the Holy Spirit something to work with, once in a while stubbing your toe. You must undertake something greater than what you can accomplish by yourself. But to do that, you need to get rid of your persistent, nagging spirit of fear. What's the secret of doing that? Getting rid of that spirit of fear. You may have heard me say that you were born with a God-sized hunger in your soul. Your human spirit was created to be filled with passion for the things of God. Only God's Holy Spirit can fill you with the confidence you need to, be a, to, to do something worthwhile in His kingdom. And it's not false confidence that you need. It's authentic, spirit-imputed confidence. The Holy Spirit helps us place our confidence under God's resourceful reliability. It's not me, it's Christ in me. As you accept bigger challenges than you ever thought you could accomplish, you will learn that God is faithful in helping you to pull them off. I'm thinking of the Edgewater Church, that beautiful church that they built over there. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking of our little church right now. I never expected to have this beautiful, quaint little church building. It's just a building, just a worship center. It wasn't us. It was God in us. Give God the praise. Begin to build up the confidence that Paul expressed. I can do things. I can do all things. Just not things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And these are the things that God, that are within God's will for your life. You want to know God's will for your life? I'm going to do a series on this pretty soon. If you want to know God's will for our life, just start doing something and it will be revealed. If you really want to know God's will for your life, you will know. But you've got to be actively looking for it. You'll stub your toes a few times, but that's okay. God's prom God promises that, us that he will let his particular will for your life be made known. You already know two-thirds of God's will for your life. You got the commandments in the Bible. That's, that fills up one-third of God's will for your life. He tells you what he wants you to do. Then we've got another third for your will, God's will in your life. It comes from nature. God has taught us how to live within nature. One-third of your will, God's will for your life is for you to live in harmony with nature. It's obvious. You don't step over a cliff. Why? You're going to die. You're going to fall. It's God's will for your life that you don't step over that cliff. It's God's will for your life you don't step in front of a car. It's God's will for your life that you live. It's just that particular will God has for you in your life you've got to figure out. You already know two-thirds. All you have to do is look for the other one-third. And if you're serious about it, you will know. Stay tuned. But let me tell you, it's one thing to know what you are called to do. It's quite another thing to attempt it. After telling Timothy that God did not give him a spirit of fear, Paul then explained 
what Timothy was given. God gave Timothy power, love, and a sound mind. Jesus promised power to live life to the fullest. He assured his disciples of this. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that happened at Pentecost. And since then, the power that fuels us to live passionately has been the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power to do what Jesus called us to do. To love, to forgive, to share his faith. To share our faith, I should say. Our faith. To endure the pressures of life. To battle for injustice. To help the poor. To give to those in need. The Holy Spirit whispers to our human spirit. Whatever our human spirit really is. We don't know. The Holy Spirit reminds us the message of Jesus that helps us to live in a way pleasing to God. The Holy Spirit enables us to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works Within us. That's what Paul told, told us. Is he closed out chapter 3 of Ephesians chapter 3. We live exceedingly abundant lives. According to the power that works in us. And the power that works in us is the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit power moving within us in perfect harmony with the Father and our Savior, Messiah Jesus. That power is inexhaustible. It's a wonderful blessing to realize this truth. It's an inexhaustible well. Whenever you sense the need for fresh fuel to power your life, to power your passion for Jesus, the Holy Spirit will be there to replenish you with power you could never produce on your own. That power has a purpose. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. The Holy Spirit can make you into a person glowing with radiant love. Very different type of love than what masquerades for love in our culture these days. Too often, our culture promotes a distorted love. It's a love that promotes, as our brother was speaking earlier, it's a distorted love that promotes self selfishness promotes control in our culture people often withhold love to gain power in a relationship just think about it for a second it happens all the time in marriage one spouse shuts down leaving the other to wonder what he or she did wrong 
the one who shuts down discovers they hold control. The problem is that this can become a bad habit. Stingy stingy love makes for a very bad marriage. Parents, they often try to control their child's behavior by withdrawing love. Sometimes children rule the family. Ungrateful behavior. They only express their love when mom and dad gives them what they want. And forgive me if I ever display an attitude of anger towards any of you. I know what happens. As a pastor, I should always communicate a contagious delight for all of you. My flock here in Dunedin, Florida. It extends to amazing places around this world. I marvel. I marvel. And it all begins with the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit within us helps us live a life that honors the new commandment that Jesus gave us. What commandment is that? Some people like to call it the 11th commandment. Laura knows what the 11th commandment is. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We are called to be supernaturally empowered people who express love that is honest and healing. The power of the Holy Spirit enables us to radiate the love of Jesus as Jesus defined it. That's not us on our own. That's Holy Spirit power within us making it happen. First, the Holy Spirit enables your faith to believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life. Then the Holy Spirit empowers you to do what Jesus calls you to do. And it gets even better. The Holy Spirit then imbues you with an attitude of love far beyond your human ability. It's not me. It's Christ in me. What is the first fruit on the list of the Holy Spirit? Of the Holy Spirit fruits? Love is the primary fruit of the Spirit. That's why it was listed first. At least that's what I believe. (laughs) You may have been given a portion of God's Holy Spirit, or you have been given. Not may, you have been given. If you are a believer, if you are a follower of Christ, you have been given a portion of God's Holy Spirit that will allow you to live out the new commandment of Jesus to love as He has loved us. I know sometimes we get a little tired as we serve others. It can be exhausting. Sometimes it gets hard to live to love the way Jesus loved. It takes a while to get there. For it to become second nature, for it to become your habit. It happens that we get we get tired. That's when it's time to rekindle your passion, to stir up your passion. You can ask God to renew the flame of your love. When you get angry, 
or when you judge someone else callously. When you do these things, God's, God's Holy Spirit will start talking to you. As long as you give the Holy Spirit something to work with, the Holy Spirit will start talking to you. You will have this sense. And you need to stop that. And it, you, you'll feel the strings of your heart telling you that you need to love others with no strings attached. That you need to let the Holy Spirit empower you to, lo- to empower others the way Jesus loved you. But Paul wasn't finished with his encouragement to Timothy. This is, there is a third element that the Holy Spirit gives us. He reminded young Timothy, or Timothy wasn't that young at that point, but he, was, he needed a little rekindling. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Pastor Ray Winborn liked this verse. He, he, because in the culture he, he grew up in, they always would thank God for having a sound mind. And I learned to be thankful for a sound mind too. But there's more, more than just having a sound mind here. This is having discernment, discipline, to, uh, a sound mind that allows us to follow the example of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit refines our minds in a way that produces a healed mind. Our minds heal, allow us to live lives of self-control. The Holy Spirit counsels us and helps us to get rid of memories that would normally immobilize us. You don't have to be haunted by memories of your past failures or of another person's harsh criticism of you. You don't have to be haunted by that. Because the Holy Spirit can liberate your mind, can liberate your imagination, and ignite a new excitement within you for the future, for your future. To stimulate you to get involved with God's particular will for your life. You are in the process of becoming the person you imagine in your mind's eye if you're listening to the Holy Spirit. You will go in that direction. You have the ability to see that vision of your future. To picture what you were meant to do. The Holy Spirit will help you discern God's will for your life. The Holy Spirit is your source of vision. The Holy Spirit can set your life on fire with passion, with a glowing determination to act upon the guidance that you receive from the Holy Spirit. And then you can claim the promise 
as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. This, this concept is just a thread all through scripture. The spirit reveals these things to us. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Then it gets good, even better. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. What powerful, powerful. Paul moved on to verse 16 and he ended this thought with a momentous truth for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ how do you know God's mind you know what? If you have the mind of Christ within you. This tells me that through God's Holy Spirit, we can discern not only what Messiah Jesus would do, but what he would have us do as we relate to people in our lives and the circumstances that we all must face. It's getting, becoming tougher to be a Christian in our country. But we can do it. We need to stir up our faith. We are meant to live passionately the way Jesus lived, in a way pleasing to God. And we can live lives pleasing to God because God's Holy Spirit is within us changing us from the inside out give the Holy Spirit something to work with give the Holy Spirit space in your mind in your heart so often in scripture where you see the word heart you can just replace that with the word mind it's a metaphor for your mind Give the Holy Spirit space in your mind. And then you will recognize the incredible, wonderful transformation that will happen within your character. You will be transformed. And you will be richly blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh